Hey again, everyone. Welcome to Sports with Friends. We are into the month of December, and things are not changing. So, yes, you're not going to a gym. You're not, maybe not driving in a car even, but I appreciate the listens, the ratings, the reviews, and, of course, your subscriptions. Uh, we have a fun guest today. She is a WNBA icon. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Um, Angel McCautry is with us today. How I got hooked up with Angel, she is uh, talking about a lot of different things and is also an activist. And there's something going on in Georgia, in case you've been living under a rock, but there's something going on in Georgia. And I just think that we can spend a little bit of time uh, talking about that. It's also week 14 in the National Football League, a lot of games to be played. It's coming down the home stretch, and this is a regular schedule. We're going to find out how you should play this and what are the latest odds with Bavada Sportsbook's head odds maker, Patrick Morrow. But uh, Angel, uh, rookie of the year, five-time WNBA All-Star, two-time uh, gold medalist. I mean, my God, these credentials are legit. Uh, welcome, Angel McCautry to Sports with Friends. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. It's, it's great, to, great to have you. You spent last year with Las Vegas. But yeah, but people who are going to see this on the podcast, they're going to be like, she's with the Atlanta Dream. Like you, <laughs> you, you're the you're like the face of that franchise. Well, I was, you know, but I think uh, now everybody knows uh, that I left and, you know, it's, it's a lot going on with the Atlanta team, with their owner. So <laughs> everybody oh, tells oh, me, I know. Yeah. Everybody tells me I left at a good time. Yeah, I would imagine. And I'm, I'm going to ask you all, all about that. But before we do that, um, first of all, in this time of COVID, you're in Atlanta now. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Atlanta has just looser rules than where I'm in in New Jersey. Uh, how safe are you? How comfortable are you? Are you in lockdown? I've heard I've talked to so many athletes who have been some people go out, some people don't. Uh, you know, I'm not prying into your personal life, but what's it like down there? I mean, it's it's like it doesn't exist in Atlanta. People are, I, I see on uh, social media all the time, people are partying and they don't wear masks. And it's kind of sad to see, you know, knowing that, you know, so many people who have passed away from the this virus. Uh, but I do not go out and entertain <laughs> those parties. I enjoy being with my family and uh, being in the house and watching movies. Of course, I have to do essential needs like grocery store and stuff and errands and things like that. But I make sure I take the proper precautions and I wear my mask and stuff because this people out here that the virus is a hit or miss thing. You know, it could affect someone really bad or it may not. And, and for each individual person, we don't know how could it affect us. So I don't want to take the risk of getting it. Well, and the thing that I've worried about with, you know, world class athletes, because, you know, covering sports, I, I know a few. Um, and I know a, people, a bunch of out of shape people too. So like, I can talk about them too. People don't know about the after effects, the heart condition, you know, there's that mm-hmm. picture for the Red Sox. His career might be over. Might. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, you've seen this enlarged heart and I can't imagine being 25 in the prime of your life and have a heart condition. I couldn't imagine that. And I don't think, you know, yes, a virus, you know, that's the thing that no one's talking about in the media. It's, Yes, you're asymptomatic. Okay, so you're not in bed. No, you didn't go to the hospital. But what now has changed in your life? And no one knows the answer. And I'm not professing to be the expert, but neither are you and neither is anybody else. So if nobody knows, that's a reason to not get COVID. 
that's that, that's just a reason enough right there. And you know, I know uh, you know everybody's not used to living this type of way, but if we could just get it done, so this thing can go away, the faster we can move on to our regular lives, what we're used to. Yes, I I I, I used to like things. I liked going out of my house. Yeah, I had a a, a portable podcast recording you know, set up like I have a yeah. recorder and I can take it to locker rooms and fields and stadiums and such. And I haven't used it <laughs> since February. I've done every episode yeah. just like this. And it's so awkward. It's so <laughs> it's very strange. Um, Tell me about the bubble. What was that like? The bubble was definitely weird. Like you said, it's something you aren't used to. Uh, it hit got hard, you know, toward the end because we were in there for three months. So being trapped in this bubble where you can't get out, like mentally definitely plays, um, uh, you know, plays tricks on your mind. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't so, imagine. Did you, yeah. um, did they improve the conditions? Because I was on a broadcast and we were talking to some WNBA players and, and we were talking about the conditions not being good. And all mm-hmm. I was saying was if the WNBA is doing this to save their season, they have to raise the level. We're not talking about the lap of luxury, but you can't have rats in the hallways. Yeah, uh, yeah, there were some pictures posted. Um, definitely uh, some of the media caught attention to it. But after that, the um, school must have uh, took offense to it a little bit because they fixed all those conditions. The school, once it got out. So, but the thing we were complaining about was, hey, we need to get our hair done and things like that. You know, if the NBA is getting a barbershop built can we at least get some hairstylists in here so eventually we did (laughs) (laughs) i I hadn't thought of that you know and it's it's wild because um those bubbles are expensive yeah my argument was and tell me if i'm wrong because i by no means do i think everything i say is is you know the, the the be all the end all but the nba was getting those things because the resources were there. I mean, the NBA, you know, these owners have deep, deep pockets. Now, that's not to say that the people who own the WNBA teams and the the WNBA league don't have the resources also, but the revenues aren't there nearly as much as they are in the NBA. Do you think that's a legitimate defense for the owners that simply they don't have the money to burn or Hmm. is that just window dressing? I, I can't buy it. Let me half. clarify. I don't want to hear about baseball owners saying they're broke. They made billions yeah. and billions and billions of dollars. Is the WNBA on strong enough financial footing to be able to cover for, for losses like that? I think so, because I think um, the NBA takes care of the WNBA um, financially in a lot of ways. And it, I, I know it helps with tax write-offs and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, so I, I think that, you know, it's there. I think the money is there how it's dispersed, I, I have no idea. But I think some of it can go toward marketing and, and things like that to, you know, up our league a little bit. They are talking about starting the NBA season. The WNBC NBA season's not far behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have, you know, the vaccines are on their way, uh, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this in the future, tell please tell me uh, how the flying car is and how we get out of this thing. But, you know, I've said this about the NBA they're talking very tough. Like, Oh, we're opening, but they opened training camps and they had 48 positive cases. And I'm just thinking to myself, maybe this is too soon. What's, mm-hmm. what's your thought on this? Like are guys just itching to play guys and girls 
are itching to play. Like you're you're a you're an athlete and you compete for your life. And I can't imagine being stuck at home, not being able to do what gets me going. But here's the thing, you know, if you want to play and, and help the season, then you gotta do take the proper precautions. So that means you can't be out in the streets if you got a season coming up. Don't don't uh you know put yourself in jeopardy of getting COVID you know, to hurt the season. So I think that, that it's a discipline thing with us athletes. If we got a season coming up, all right, I'm going to take the proper precautions so I can play my season with no issues. Someone listening to this podcast knows that I have to make fun of Lou Williams then. You have to make yeah. fun of Lou Williams. That's Lou an example Williams, right there. He got permission to leave the bubble. For those of you who don't know, he got permission to leave the bubble, went to a funeral, a family funeral, and then hit a strip club afterwards. And I just... <laughs> I said, how cliche, how cliche can you be? You know, like for all the stereotypes about athletes and, and NBA players of all, the, the minute he gets out of the bubble, he goes and does that. Yeah, so that goes to show you right there that, you know, there's just a lack of discipline in some areas, uh, especially if you're in season. You have time to go do, you know, do all that stuff. But, you know, you, when you're getting paid millions of dollars, I would expect you to just kind of follow the precautions. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, tell me about being a veteran player and how hard it is now. I, I cannot even believe I'm saying this with a straight face. How hard it is, how much harder it is now to stay in shape given COVID and given just the fact that, you know, you've already had years in the league. How much harder is that now? And what have you done to kind of protect your health, but also your competitiveness? Yeah, well, everybody knows when you get older, you know, the body changes. It takes a little bit longer. So please tell me, <laughs> tell me, Angel. <laughs> so you got you to, gotta, you know, put, you know, a little more care into your body, get more rest and eat better and different things like that. Like LeBron, he puts uh, $1.2 million in his body per year. And it shows because he's like, what, 36 and still playing like better than some 20 year olds. So if you really want to take in your body, you got to you got to put the, the care into it, eating right and things like that, stretching. So, and as far as COVID is concerned, uh, hopefully, like you said, the vaccine will come out soon where we don't have to wear masks on the court when we play. <laughs> I mean, I, I, would, I would just think. Um, but you also, you partnered with a company uh, called Victory, V-K-T-R-Y. Uh, they yeah. have these insoles. How have they uh, helped and, and, and what are they? Yeah, so Victory insoles, as I said, they're insoles for your shoes, athletic insoles. They've helped me a lot because, um, you know, I just came off the injury uh, ACL injury and I will have I still have a lot of pain in my knee from the injury it takes a long time to recover and um, I, the insoles have definitely helped with recovering and um, not putting so much pressure uh, wear and tear on my knee when I run and when I have to cut and go side to side you know all those little details and factors matter when you have an injury and you know so maybe you know hopefully I wish it could have been tested on someone like Clay Thompson you know maybe it could have helped him prevent from you know, tearing his Achilles right after, because I know what he went through. When you hurt one knee, you're compensating a lot, you know, so like something else tears. Like it, it just, it's, 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 it's crazy. Yeah, so I can only imagine like his mind frame right now, his mental. So, you know, these insoles help with that. So hopefully we can get to him and get him a pair, but um, they help with all those factors. I checked out your social media. Um, if I retweet a couple of things about victory, uh, can people just go to a website and find out more about it? Because I have a lot of in-shape listeners, but I got a lot of out-of-shape listeners too. 
Absolutely. So, so yeah, if you want to follow their social media at team, T-E-A-M-V-K-T-R-Y. And then on there, you can find their website. But the website is www.vktrygear.com. And just check out the um, Instagram. It gives you all the information um, about the insoles, how they work, what they do, how they help you have more balance. Uh, they're incredible. Fantastic. Uh, and we'll put the, uh, the that link in the show notes so people can, uh, c- can hear that. More with Angel McCautry in just a moment. This conversation is just starting. Week 14 in the NFL is starting this week as well, and there are regularly scheduled games. No rescheduling so far. I know I just jinxed it, but knock on wood, bite your tongue, whatever your superstition is, we're going to be okay. Let's find out the latest odds on the NFL with the head odds maker at Bovada Sportsbook, Patrick Morrow. We're coming off, uh, you know, another past week that had another Tuesday game, which has, uh, you know, now, now that they're happening, I, I, I kind of like them. I, you know, I know it would be horrible for the sport, but it would be, you know, just fascinating to have games every single day. But uh, yeah, I think that would be a bit of a player revolt. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a fascinating season. Uh, the NFL got off to a great start with, you know, very little cases and few cases. Then now we find ourselves uh, here. Uh, this far into the season, you know, wondering, are they going to need a week 18 to hit the finish line? Uh, how many more uh, teams will be affected by a so-called competitive imbalance with scheduling changes or non-accommodations made? Uh, it has been a wild season with uh, increased playoff spots, uh, COVID positives, COVID negatives. Uh, and we finally have, uh, you know, the Miami Dolphins uh, were able to toast uh, the Steelers losing to uh, the Washington football team. So th- this season, you know, the, the NFL provides the drama. It has been interesting. It has been tricky to try and handicap a lot of this stuff. But as per usual, another uh, super compelling season. Well, there's no question about it. And we can start with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now tied for the top spot in the NFL after the Steelers were upset by Washington. The Chiefs go to Miami. Tua had a pretty good game. And, you know, in his return, Uh, He turned a lot of heads. The Dolphins are underdogs, but how big an underdog against Kansas City? Right. So, yeah, massive, uh, massive development for the Chiefs there, having the Steelers lose that game. Uh, The Chiefs, such an easy schedule the rest of the way. Uh, You know, they're, you know, even that last game against the Broncos, uh, they were kind of in control from start to finish. They didn't have to do too much. You know, Mahomes does the Mahomes things uh, when he needs to Tyree kill insane uh kelsey i think stiff armed the guy right into retirement uh the chiefs are no doubt about it the cream of the crop in the nfl now and that steelers loss opens things up nicely for the chiefs to potentially snag you know a number one seed chiefs at dolphins seven and a half point uh road favorites and uh they're now the two to one super bowl favorites at bovada you know the one thing about the chiefs is they are a better team than the steelers that being said, they have a the Steelers have a much different matchup than the Chiefs do. The Chiefs go into Miami, but the Steelers go into Buffalo to take on a hot, good Buffalo Bills team Sunday night football. That's a marquee matchup. Yeah, certainly one of the better ones uh, of the week. And uh, the Bills really looking like they're putting it together on both sides of the ball now. They had some defensive struggles earlier in the year, which uh, you know didn't really manifest to be too large of an issue with how well they've been uh you know scoring with uh you know Allen Diggs uh you know showing himself to be one of the greatest offseason moves uh you know 
the way Allen has been able to elevate his game by having a receiver as good as Diggs who can stop on a dime without, uh, you know, the, the, what he does to defenders, what he's able to generate, uh, he does so in a way that, you know, really no other wide receiver is doing in 2020. The Bills currently a one and a half point favorite hosting the Steelers at Bovada right now. And coming off that impressive Monday night beatdown of the 49ers, 49ers got some cheap points late. We're seeing about 80% of uh, bets so far early days on the Bills at that minus one and a half price. The Ravens still will not play on on Sunday. They, after playing on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, now they're playing the Cleveland Browns on Monday. That's the uh, former Cleveland Browns going into Cleveland where they were once a franchise. If you remember your history there, the Ravens and the Browns, nine and three Cleveland hosting the six and five Ravens. Yeah, interesting matchup there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns coming off, uh, you know, a really impressive win over the Titans. I think last week uh, I kind of expected, and I, I might have said so as much on this program, that, uh, you know, the Titans were probably going to flex on the Browns. Uh, they were only uh, five-point uh, home favorites there. But I really thought the Titans had the coaching advantage. I thought the Browns had really benefited from, you know, a little bit of late-game luck, some uh, easy opponents. But, man, it has been crazy to see uh, Cleveland, you know, maybe actually give their fans something to cheer for for the first time in a while. You know, Baker Mayfield and that offense starting to put things together. Uh, the Ravens currently ever so slight favorites at Bovada. Line currently suspended though, because we will wait to see what is happening uh, with the Cowboys-Ravens game Tuesday night. But the Ravens, before the line was suspended, about a six point favorite at Bovada. Meanwhile, the Raiders are back home to take on the Indianapolis Colts, eight and four. They're also a very good road team, four and two on the road. What say you about Phillip Rivers on the ability to go into Vegas, take on a Raiders squad that got super lucky and almost lost to the Jets? Yeah, I mean, boy, did the Jets uh, do the Raiders uh, a massive favor there, really keeping uh, their season and their playoff hopes alive by. Uh, running that classic cover zero against a Hail Mary uh, as time expired there. Uh, you know, there's no surprise why Greg Williams is currently looking for a job uh, while we re record this. But moving to Colts Raiders, yeah, Colts had a nice bounce back game last week after getting humbled by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they're both now eight and four in that division and the Colts are two and a half point road favorites over the LA, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, pardon me. Yeah, that's right. uh, and about, yeah, and about 65% of the betting action early is on Phillip Rivers and those Indianapolis Colts at Bovada. One other game to keep an eye on, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Minnesota Vikings, Tom Brady and company. Tom Brady has 3,300 yards passing on the season and 28 touchdowns. What about Tom Brady against the Vikings? Right. So this, uh, oh gosh, this Vikings team has been uh, nothing to get really too excited. They looked like earlier in the year, like they were struggling from some bad luck, but uh, now they just look like a bad team. Um, they haven't done so well as late. They, uh, you know, needed a little bit of help uh, squeaking out a win over Jacksonville in overtime. Uh, Tampa Bay, six and a half point uh, home favorites. We've seen that line, uh, that payout price already moved from minus 110 to minus 115 with about 70% of the early betting at Bovada on Tom Brady and those Tampa Bay Bucks. Once again, that is the head odds maker at Bovada, Patrick Morrow, with the latest odds on week 14. Now back to our conversation with Angel McCautry from the WNBA. I want to go back, if you don't mind. Um, mm -hmm way back because you played at Louisville 
and you were in the Big East, and I'm a Syracuse alum, and I missed the Uh-oh. Big East. And yeah, oh well, yeah, that. Um, but I we talk about it all the time. Whenever I talk to uh, Tom Thomas and John Wallace, and you know, little guys from my era, you know, Lawrence Moten, and when we talk about this, um, I even talked about it with uh, Quentin Hillsman um, recently, mm-hmm. uh, who's a great guy. Um, I. I miss that. I miss the idea that every season you might win the whole thing. You might win the conference. You might not. And I just, I, this ACC is boring to me. Like I don't care about Duke and North Carolina. And even if we're having a great season, the best we're going to be is fourth or third. And that stinks. What do you, what's your thought on uh, just the restructuring and how much do you miss playing in the big East? Oh yeah. The big East is amazing. I think it was one of the best conferences when I played in it. I hate that they broke up. Yeah, I hope I hope they broke. I hate they broke up all the teams. You know, like literally, there's so many teams we could only play one team twice. We played everybody else once. It was like 16 great teams. Every night was a hard night. There was no days off. You know, from Big East, and I mean, it was just amazing. Now I, I have to know which team is in what. Like, come on, Maryland in the Big Ten, and like UConn. I don't even know where teams are. You know, anymore, but. That was the best conference, and I think you can't take away the history of the Big East. Uh, so even now, it's still strong, but I miss the, definitely the old Big East. When did basketball become your passion? Was it very young? When did you realize you were very, very good? I mean, you were the first, number one overall. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would say about you're no, you're a no joker. Yeah, um, I played when I was eight. I started when I was eight. And I, I would say about 12, I really knew I was really, really good. It just, the natural talent came out of nowhere. But I always loved to play day in and day out. And when you love to do something so much, you know that's just what you're destined to do. When you were, I mean, you're young enough, you're younger than me, uh, you're young enough to have seen growing up the early years of the WNBA. You saw, uh, do you, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the ABL. I covered the first year of the ABL. I remember No way. Years. That was the other women's league, and that was that was so weird. Um, <laughs> and and just this idea that um, you know you had a chance. Who were some of the people that growing up that you um, wanted to emulate and wanted to be like? Because I would imagine if you're you know a ten year old boy, you have generations of NBA, but you don't yeah. have generations of women's basketball, at least well known women's basketball. Yeah, um, I really liked uh, watching uh, Houston play. Uh, I had Cynthia Cooper and Cheryl Swoops. Uh-huh. They were like my biggest idols because they, we played the same position, and I really uh, loved how they just – it was just amazing to watch. Um, and then how they won championships and things like that. So those were my two uh, role models. Do you, um, do you feel a certain responsibility? This is a, it's an awkward question, but, I, you know – do you feel a certain responsibility to be a, a role model? Uh, do you feel that, you know, athletes can be that? Cause I would imagine, you know, especially in those years in Atlanta, there's so many young girls that are, mm. are going to literally, you know, you're their motivation to go practice and you're their motivation to get good at, 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 at a sport or any sport for that matter. Yeah. I think all athletes should think they are. If, if when an athlete says they're not as total BS, I'm not, I'm not should be a kid's role model. What are you talking about? What do you play the game for? For the money? That's horrible. Yeah, you got to make a living, but if you can't inspire the youth and the kids and the community and the generations under you, that, that, to me, it's like you, you have no heart. 
you know. Um, so for for play, I've heard athletes say that I'm not, I'm, I shouldn't be a kid's role model. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Get over it. Hmm. You know, that's the that's the gift you've been given. You know, and take responsibility for it, and you know, do the right thing and give back, of course, and play hard and inspire. You just inspire by playing hard. We'll get back to sports with friends in just a moment, but first, did you know that I have another podcast that I do? It's like sports with friends, but it's a little different. It's about the superhero sci-fi universe. I have been a fan of comic books, animation, movies, and when I started the Hall of Justice podcast, we wanted to do it for adults. Why did I name it the Hall of Justice? Because if you're old enough to know what the Hall of Justice is, you're our demographic. The idea of the show is to take the same passion that fans have for sports, but to bring it to the superhero genre. We have movie reviews where we spoil the movies. Don't worry, we warn you so that you can see it first. We also have celebrity guests where we interview actors, voice actors. The Hall of Justice podcast comes out every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. You referenced uh, LeBron James, and I have a, a funny LeBron James story because I uh, I want to get him on uh, a podcast, but mm-hmm. I do a uh, I do another podcast. Uh, it's called the Hall of Justice. It's a, like a superhero kind of podcast. And one night during the NBA Finals, LeBron James tweeted something like, "Celebrating this victory." This was years ago. Uh, Celebrating this victory with a marathon of Teen Titans Go. Mm-hmm. And the creators of Teen Titans followed him on Twitter and they set it up where he was a voice on their cartoon. Mm-hmm. And my kids have never seen him play and he's their favorite player. <laughs> they, no way. Because they know him from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And the funny part about it is, and I kind of want to use this as a, as a transition point. One of the things that I have respected the most about LeBron James was his response to Laura Ingram on Fox news when she told him to shut up and dribble. And oh yeah. He made that documentary. I, you, I'm sure you've seen, and it's a three-part documentary. I believe it's on Amazon prime or, or one of the streaming services on the history of the, of sports and activism and how important, and it's, it's primarily an NBA thing and it goes through history and it goes through Lou Alcindor all the way through, you know, Wilt Chamberlain and, 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 and Muhammad Ali. And, and it goes through all those things um when was that something that was very important to you because doing my research you're quite the activist yourself yeah um it's always been important um before we would we would kind of wear t-shirts and things it didn't get the attention like it did now um and then you know the whole george floyd thing just started a a just uh it just woke up a sleeping giant you know um so that's when i knew but it was it was definitely time to um, really really put our foot down and use our platforms to um, to really just fight activism. I mean, fight social injustice and racism and things like that. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, we're all American. You know, so it really meant a lot to me to do that. What um what can people listening to this do? when it comes to police brutality, um, mm-hmm. you know, I have said all along, you know, uh, first of all, I'm, 
I, I support what anybody wants to say, whatever they want. If you want to wear a decal on your jersey or put something on your court, be my guest. You know, that, that, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah. I don't know how that helps to get rid of racist cops. I, I, I don't know what's the connection to it. Uh, it's not a criticism because it's not saying don't do it. What do you think the impact of guys speaking out on social media platforms, guys such as yourself, you know, I, I say it in totality. Um, how does that help the root problem, which is people are getting shot for literally no reason? Yeah. And it's, it's deeper than just racist cops. This is a, um, this, this is years and years of holding one race down for, for no apparent reason for what I have more pigmentation in my skin. I'm no, no less smarter. I'm no less, you know, um, cleaner or anything of that sort, but to the, where the idea came from to treat a race and keep them suppressed and keep them down for more pigmentation of the skin. I, I, I think that's the dumbest thing known to man because at the end of the day, we're all God's creation. So as far as, you know, police brutality and things like that, it stems more from the years and years of oppression to think that people have been taught, treat this race a certain way. When they get in trouble, hit them harder, give them more punishment, treat them this way. So it's a taught thing. Maybe it's not even a racist cop. Maybe it's just the way they've been taught over the years or the stereotype. So it's a, a thing that has to change in our country in general. Why was there ever different uh, water fountains or different bathrooms? Oh, huh. Disgusting. Yeah. So it just stems from years of those stereotypes, which needs to change because once again, I don't want to say that I live in the most racist country in the world. You know, I want to be able to say I'm a proud American. So, did you find um, how, how what what was it like growing up compared to what was now? It seems like this is a lot worse, but I can't imagine, and I didn't grow up where you grew up. Um, it seems worse now because it's being filmed. You know, we can see it, but it's always been there. Uh, but growing up, um, I didn't understand it until you know my mom would come home crying because she would never get promoted. She worked at Baltimore Gas and Electric. She worked there over 20 years and her Caucasian counterpart would come in one, two years and get promoted over her, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I didn't understand those things, but of course now I do. Those are the things that were just uncalled for. And, you know, just it, it's just a lot of things. I, I think every black person has a story of some kind. And um, we, we shouldn't have to have these stories. So, um, but growing up, it, it didn't seem as bad because of, you don't, it was no social media or nothing was being filmed, but you just heard the stories. But now people can see it. Do you, um, do you feel that living now in Atlanta, even though you, you spent the last season in, in Vegas and then you were in Florida for a bubble, um, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, I don't know how to say that with a straight face. Um, but do you feel that um, insulted uh, at what has happened to the Atlanta dream? Like, do you f still feel connected to that franchise? And they're, they have I a loyal that, fan base. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, I feel that I'm always going to be the face of Atlanta women's sports, period. You know, I've done the most than anyone here. 
And, you know, the franchise didn't treat me very well when I got hurt. You can do all these great things. And then when you're down and out, you know, so you know how that goes. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Um, But as far as the franchise, I feel like I just moved on. It's not my concern anymore. And it's sad what Kelly has said. Uh, You know, Black Lives Matter, that has nothing to do with politics. It's a it's a human rights issue. So why are you bringing that into your po- political game? Leave it out. It has nothing to do with you running. Focus on your run, and you're trying to beat Reverend Warnock. That's what she should have been focused on. Um, she said some abhorrent things, and then I, you know, you do your research on her, and it's it's not even a deep dive. Well, just just Google some of the crap that she mm-hmm. has said, and it's just disgusting. And you know, yeah. I, I, I say this on the podcast and I've said this before. I have no prejudice against Republicans. Yeah. There are good Republicans. There are people who believe in the Republican way and you're entitled to believe that there's that. Yeah, it's sure. not that thing. There's a difference between being a Republican and being a literally a, a disgusting racist. I mean, there, 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 there's mm-hmm. no you know, I don't understand why everything has to be so party, uh, you know, I have this conversation on other shows and I don't want to get too quasi political here, but you know, if you have a lot of money, you could understand the Republican tax plan. Like Mm -hmm. you can understand the Republican tax plan. Why does that have to mean that you become a white supremacist and why, you know what I mean? Like why is, why is everything so cut and dry along the lines? Um, But Kelly Loeffler cannot get reelected and people in Georgia have to realize um, just what about an abhorrent person? I can't imagine a young player wanting to play for that franchise as long as she owns that team. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, not even just that, with just some of the moves she's made with the whole trading thing and different things like that. I just, I just think it's the issue. I don't think she's racist because she wouldn't own a, a predominantly African American basketball team. I just think that she wants to play the political game, but it makes you look bad. Right. And That's my fine. issue is, yeah, I just think that, you know, just when you care for the people, care for the people, don't put the politics in it. But um, I also think when you worth that much money, sometimes you lose a little bit of touch of reality. You're in this bubble of rich people that carry themselves a certain way and live a certain way of life. And sometimes you forget um, that what the people really feel, how they hurt, what they need, the way we think. So I, I really think it's just that lack of understanding the real reality when you have when you're worth almost a billion dollars sometimes i mean she introduced legislation that would ban uh uh, that would bar transgender girls and women from participating in girls and women's sports yeah it's like i feel like like that that has nothing yeah that's disgusting yeah i feel like if they you know if they want to create their own league of transgender then they should i think of things i don't understand why people are so bothered by things that don't affect them it doesn't affect you or hurt you in any way. And why do you want to live in a world where everybody's the same, same color, same religion, same thought process? What a boring world to live in. So I don't even understand what racism comes from because who wants to live in that boring type of a world? She's the, according to a, a source, she is the only sitting senator uh, who has literally voted in line with Trump's position on everything during the administration she that's what it is um what have you done to uh raise awareness and what has been the reaction that you've gotten in georgia yeah well you know we're helping to raise money for reverend warnock um 
The re- I don't really know the reaction in Georgia as far as what do you mean as far as like uh, the runoff do, or do, do, do you feel like this is you know you can feel the buzz like you do you think this oh, is yeah. going to are, are you confident are you fearful what, what, what's your what's your thought here um I'm confident I, I the, the buzz is definitely everybody's looking at Georgia I feel like the whole, uh, the whole everybody the, literally the whole world <laughs> the whole world's looking, looking at Georgia, Georgia. Um, it's interesting to see um, and it makes it more interesting because this is the home that Martin Luther King built for the world to see and lead by example by but um, I'm confident that Reverend Warnock can pull it off. Um, I think if people just see who's for the people, you know, and I'm not saying that because he's an African-American man and I'm an African-American no. woman. It That's not has why to you should with, vote for him, right? Yeah, it literally has to do with when I look at the healthcare and who's for the people and this and this and this, each kind of line, Reverend Warnock fits all those things, I think, for the state and for our community. We don't usually do a lot of politics on this show, but I had, I, 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 it's too big. It's, 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 it's massive. Uh, Last thing um, Mm -hmm. you've, uh, you're a two-time Olympian. Um, They postponed the Olympics and a lot of people got into a really weird spot because, you know, you train, you train, you train, you train, and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. Should they skip it? Should they redo it? Should they do it this summer? What's your thought on? No, we got to have it this summer. It has to be. First of all, we were dying that it didn't happen in 2020. Um, but you have to have the Olympics. Like, the, you can't hold that back. They said they're going to have it no matter what. So if, even if they have to do a bubble situation for Tokyo Olympics 2021, God, so be it. But it's okay. it, we got to do it. <laughs> no, no, I, that's what I wanted to hear. Um, there's no, no secret about it. Um, lastly, uh, social media. Um, you know, there's two sides to it there. You know, I, I, I love social media because I've, I've seen some great things. You know, I, I've told this story on the podcast before I, I worked with Prince because of Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I have wonderful experiences, but for females, it can be an absolute cesspool. Uh, what's your thought on social media, Twitter, and does it help you get a message out? Is it something you embrace? I think it uh, it goes both ways. You know, it depends on how you use it. Um, I think that if too much of it is deadly, <laughs> you don't want to get the addiction part of it. You know, use it for business. Use it for, you know, teaching people, inspiring. Um, you know, every now and then have some, you know, debates. Speak your mind a little bit. But I think there's always a way uh, to come across. So you have the good, good and the bad, but you can make it more good if you use it the right way. Uh, how can people find you on social media? Yeah, people, you can find me on social media at McCautry, my last name, M-C-C-O-U-G-H-T-R-Y. There you go. Uh, that, that's great. And uh, if there's anything that you heard in this podcast that uh, you have an issue with, uh, do me a favor. Reach out to Angel again uh, directly and leave me the hell out of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, good luck with everything. Uh, we'll put the links to Victory Insoles uh, in the in the show notes. And it's been an honor. Congratulations on your amazing career. And uh, I look forward to having you on again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. That is uh, Angel McCautry. Uh, my name is Seth Everett. Again, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. We'll see you next week. If you want me to stay, I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go, and then you'll know for me to stay.
Taking up my time.